Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast within the Pigskin Podcast Network. So before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to uh, the Purple Pain Forum for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainsforums.com. This week, we're thrilled to have Cole back on the show. Cole, you're our, our first returning guest, which is which is fantastic. And um, so, Cole, I, I follow you on Twitter, so I know a little bit but uh, of, of how you experienced that game last night. But uh, how, how was that whole experience for you uh, watching watching that roller coaster last night? It was something we had. Uh, we had family in town with everything going on. And uh, so I was trying to keep myself subdued. And I think the fact that I was trying to keep my emotions in check was making it way worse. And uh, so uh, props to them for dealing with me and everything. Yeah. But yeah, overall, it was that was as big of a roller coaster as I've experienced in a while. And this season and entire fandom is has been full of roller coasters. It, it, it really has. And I. Um... My, I think one of my favorite moments of the broadcast last night was when they flashed up that gap, gra- uh, the graphic of the the worst blown lead ever, and and the Vikings, if they had blown that, that would have been, that was they were one one point, uh, they would have they would have beat that record of uh, a twenty eight point blown lead, and and just for them to have had twenty nine points, even just the way that worked, I uh, I don't know, I know I I messaged Kyle a little bit back and forth, and Kyle, I, I don't know if you have anything else to add on to what your viewing experience was like last night. No, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it in second down. And the question that we're going to roll with is, uh, you should take a turn. What do you think was the turning point for that downward spiral? So we'll, we'll kind of get there. I've got my, I feel pretty confident in mine. I I was pretty upset. Uh, But in any case, we'll, we'll get into that. But I agree with Cole that in a season full of roller coasters and a fandom full of roller coasters, that one was right up there. Yeah. No, that's fair. Well, before we, uh, we do want to dedicate first down to, to um, Mr. Smith and, and Cole's father. So as some of you may know, Cole's father passed away recently and we wanted to devote this opening down to him. So Cole, I, we got a couple of questions for you. I just want for you to be able to share where you're able. Uh, can you talk a little bit about like, how your dad influenced you both in terms of who you are and, as well, just how you are as a Vikings fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just kind of, you know, from a personal standpoint, he is my boss too. So, you know, his work ethic and everything rubbed off on me and, you know, he just always kind of believed in me um, growing up. He used to work at Hy-Vee, which is a grocery store here in the uh, Midwest and everything. And, he gave that up um, because he didn't think he was spending enough time with us and everything. And uh, so, I don't know, from that point, um, personally, that's kind of how he's influenced me. As a Vikings fan, he had always been a fan. And we moved up to Minnesota in 98. That's where we started watching all the games together and stuff. So then we go outside throw the ball around and stuff. And, um, you know, he'd 
throw it like he is Randall Cunningham or Jeff George or Dante Culpepper, and I'd try to make an acrobatic catch like I was Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and stuff. And it just builds from there and everything. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He, uh, he tried making time uh, for me for all my extracurriculars. And if it was a Sunday or Monday night and the Vikings were playing, he did what he could so that we could watch the games together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, neat. And uh, Cole, I'm curious, just seeing a little bit of it on, on Twitter, but can you discuss a little bit of the, the support that you've received from the Vikings community during this this difficult time? Yeah, it's been insane. Um, I almost didn't even tweet the, the picture out because... Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a personal thing. It's like, ah, do I really want to, you know, put that out there for everybody? And I was like, well, I did do it about my great uncle over the summer. I was like, if I did it for him, might as well do it for my dad. And you're expected to get a few more likes and stuff because of the nature of what it was. But I mean, instantly it just blew up and stuff. And, you know, uh, you know, the Vikings main account saw it. I think, a lot of people saw that Tommy Kramer reached out to me and stuff. Uh, Paul Allen, uh, he DM'd me out of the blue about it too. So um, it's it's been overwhelming and stuff. So it's a little bit of positivity through all this uh, this entire past two two weeks and stuff. So you know it shows that even though football in and of itself is just a game. Uh, in some ways it is more than just a game because it can really connect people and, uh, and stuff. And somehow Twitter is not a complete cesspool. Uh, I didn't know that until uh, this all happened. So it's been, it's been great to see. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Twitter definitely a lot of the times can be a real negative space, but it was, um, it wasn't neat to see the way that that so many people seem to reach out and and like you said, there there's some names you mentioned there, some some of these um, these people that have have had ties to the Vikings. Even you said the, the Vikings account, and so um, yeah. Anyways, we are we are um, thinking about you and your family and praying for you and and just all the best for for you guys as you're continuing to navigate everything that you're you're going through, um, all the different stages of this 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 spring so um yeah we anyways we appreciate you sharing and, and thank you for for uh yeah, giving the space to do that well i appreciate it and my family appreciates it so yeah yeah absolutely well we um we'll we'll make a, a hard right turn here and we'll move towards talking about that game last night um i it was it's it's fun for me as a fan to just almost see the way that all of the um, the rest of the football community joins in a game like that. Like there's only one game, you got the Thursday night football game and, and you got everyone watching. And so all these big accounts are, are tweeting out things about the Vikings. Uh, and it was kind of fascinating. I think almost like that was a great glimpse into what it looks like to be a Viking fan for these people. Everyone's like, wow, like the Vikings are just rolling. They're, they're looking really good. And then uh, we all know what happened. Um, Vikings, have this 29 nothing lead which is incredible um and they look to be like going on toward this great win and i was actually like texting kyle i was like i'm actually kind of bored like uh they just were doing so well um 
<laughs> and I, I, I knew that I knew better than to say that the game was over, um, but I still felt it. So uh, there was a few costly mistakes last night, but I guess one of the things I'm wondering for the two of you is what did you feel like the turning point was last night that, that just created that? It almost feels like it's not dramatic enough to say it was a downward spiral. Like it feels like it was a little bit of a, a tornado or something. I, I, it was just, that was, um, that was bad. So wh- where, where are you guys at? Maybe Cole, you go first. Yeah. Um, the, the Steelers first touchdown drive, I, I wasn't too concerned. Um, I mean, obviously you don't want them to score, but I was like, okay, you know, it's 29, nothing. They're going to score. They just look so dead. And I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, if we could just choose some time off on our ensuing drive, it, it's fine. And then first play of the next drive, Kirk Cousins throws an interception. That That's personally how I felt. I know not everybody felt that way. And I don't think they're necessarily wrong with it. But that's when I was like, oh, man, we're not even – we're not even chewing up the clock and we had been running so well in the first half. So I just assumed that the way it was going, it looked like it was going to be, we could just mash, mash on the run game, kill the clock, but obviously it did not work out that way. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Sam, did you want to hop in there? Well, no, I just, I wanted to hear from you, Kyle, where, where you saw maybe the turning point. Well, it's interesting. I mean, the stuff with the offense was like so poor. Um, that's really where if the defense is on its heels, you really want the offense to be able to come out there and basically just give the boys a chance to kind of catch the breath. Right. Uh, which is they did the exact opposite thing. Like they, they went out and were just brutal. They threw interception. And the time after that, if I'm not mistaken, it was a three and out. And the Steelers that went, you know, back to back to back, three straight touchdowns, not even just three scores, three touchdowns. And now all of a sudden you got a game and you're feeling a little bit nervous. It's 29-20. Um, and so the cousins pick was bad, right? It, it was, it was really bad. What I will say in his defense a little bit and Cole, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Do you remember once, was there one bootleg last night? You know what I mean? The success they were having running the ball and did Clint move the pocket at all with, you think of how well cousins does throwing on the run and how sometimes shaky the offensive line is, the bootleg is just perfect, right? Especially when you have these guys who are just amazing in the intermediate area of the field, like Jefferson, right? Um, So I was saying to myself, okay, they just dominated that opening half. Now, Clint Kubiak, you just take that next step. You always talk about you run to set the play action and you run the bootleg and analytics folks will have a whole song and dance. But in any case, that's the typical narrative. That's what the Vikings subscribe to. And I was like, all right, well, this is the next step. And it didn't seem like they took that next step, which seems so logical. Um, and so I kind of feel like the first half from Clint Kubiak was masterful, as, as good as you could coach him up. The second half was uh, a lot less than that. Um, so I don't actually have Cousins as my, but can you remember, did, did Cousins, did they move the pocket at all with him last night? If they did, I think it was kind of in the first half, but I don't even know if you'd say that I was moving the pocket. It was probably just play action for a few of the shot plays. Yeah, but I know, I know, in the second half, it 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 really felt like uh, there wasn't really any marriage between the the run and pass game. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you got to expect at that point Pittsburgh's going to start crashing the line of scrimmage. 
makes sense, right? And then they'll get themselves into these situations where, you know, after that second touchdown, it's, you know, it's third down. They're obviously going to pass the ball. They obviously want to extend this drive and we just don't do enough to help Kirk. Now, in fairness, that play action shot to KJ Osborne was exact. I mean, it wasn't bootleg, but it was a max protection. KJ right. Osborne down the fields, sensational, right? But that was just one play. And of course, Cousins didn't play well last night and all that stuff. But um, I'm actually, my turning point is the Chris Boyd penalty. Uh, and then the the reaction from his teammates. I mean, how often do you see Anthony Barr shove one of his own teammates in the middle of a game, right? As yeah. he's kind of presumably cussing him out, you know, saying some hostile words. And then Michael Pierce, I think, kind of stepped in a little bit. But I mean, guys were getting in his ear. They're like, this is, dude, this is a big deal, right? Like, this isn't like, we don't take this for granted. Like, we have a sense of pride. Like, we're not just, we're not just assuming that because we're up 29 nothing right now that we're going to beat these guys, uh, and really it nullified. It was an excellent play from Chris Boyd, right? Step up, aggressive, yeah. physical. And that's who he is. He's a physical, strong corner. Doesn't do great in coverage. Sometimes they bad angles, but he's a physical, strong dude. And so that happened to work for him in that play. And then he takes the bonehead penalty. And the reason why, to my mind, it's the turning point is because it's not a football play. It's just a stupid, idiotic penalty, right? So, uh, you know, the Harris run that went for three yards that shouldn't have gone for three yards. Well, look, that little things happen. That's a football play. Sometimes great players keep their legs churning and they make a play. You know, Cousins throws, throws the interception. Well, frig, that happens sometimes and sucks. But that, that to me wasn't a football play and it was completely unnecessary. And so that, that to my mind was the turning point. I was just so, so livid, <laughs> so yeah. upset. They took that penalty in that moment. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't fault you for that one. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Can you remember? Because I know that they got the first down because of the penalty. Was it going to be, it was going to be a third and like long ish right after that tackle? Or like, is that I'm trying to something like that? Because I, I know they lost yardage on it. Right. Like either second like or third and long. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I was pretty sure that it was a second down play. And so it would have been a third and long situation. And then to give the first down, like, I, I like, it's uh, it's always it's not as much fun when we agree, but that was the turning point for for me to the the Chris Boyd penalty because um, up until that point, I feel like you can kind of uh, forgive the Vikings a little bit for the score effects. Like you're up twenty nine nothing, like it makes sense that you're not going to be able to continue, and there's a desperation from the Steelers and all that. Um, but to give up a first down, especially at that point in the field, like it was kind of in that the middle of the field there, and um, to get them into scoring range. Uh, was just so frustrating and, and it's interesting how the the point about it not being a football play because it it wasn't and the taunting like you can say what you want about how the penalties are called and the the legitimacy of taunting penalties at this point in the NFL but we know that that's a taunting penalty there's there was no doubts about that and what what that was and it was it was unnecessary I understand why players do it um, but that like I, I would put it squarely on on that decision if the vikings had had lost that game okay well i got a, a question here so like a follow-up to that um and probably mostly to cole uh so i mean zim's the corner guy right that's that's this whole thing and it seems to me like the team has a real corner problem right you got patrick peterson i think for the most part we feel relatively comfortable with even though he's not what he used to be um, but then the other side, you have Breland, who somehow is still the, the best option as the 
second cornerback, but he's horrendous. And then Cameron Dantzler, we can all see is very talented, but I mean, that touchdown he let up against Detroit was just a mental error, just not understanding situation, not being dialed in, not focused, gaining depth. And so then he actually apparently dropped on the depth chart was the CB4. Chris Boyd jumped to CB3, but then he makes a bonehead decision like that, right? And so you have on the other opposite Patrick Peterson, you've got Breland, whose play on the field is brutal. You've got Dantzler, who seems to lack focus or perhaps not understand critical situations. And then you've got Boyd, who struggles with coverage and, at least in this instance, made a really boneheaded mistake. So what do the Vikings do here in that second corner spot? Um, I mean, Mac Alexander's your slot guy. And he basically hope that, I mean, he hasn't had a great year, but at least his, his role is clear. Uh, what's the plan going forward at corner? Because it seems like you've got a big issue here. And if I'm Andy Dalton, you know, in this Bears game coming up, I'm going right at Breland's right from the get-go. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know because, <laughs> I'm I'm, like most fans, I haven't liked Breland all year. And then in the broadcast when they said he was sick, then I saw uh, Dantzler out there, and I, like, rolled my eyes. I was like, well, I mean, who else is going to even be out there? So, I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of like we've made our bed, and we just kind of have to sleep in it now, and it's – I don't know. It's frustrating. I mean, Breland got completely turned around on that one touchdown uh, to the tight end. I mean, it's one thing to get yeah. turned around by <laughs> a receiver or something, but a rookie tight end, I mean, that's – it was embarrassing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it does. Yeah, it's um, go ahead, Sam. Well, I was going to say it does feel like um, the reason that Dantzler is not seeing more time, like you said, Kyle, maybe like a, there's a little bit of a mental thing, but also there does seem to be a little bit of a, maybe a doghouse kind of um, thing where he, he, he's in, he's in the doghouse, but like, it does feel yeah. like with Breland, I, I understand he's maybe not making, um, boneheaded decision but it just feels like it's just too easy like we've seen this play out every single week um, that he is targeted and targeted for scoring plays and um, it, it's been interesting actually that he's been sick a few times it seems like mid-game uh, like this isn't the first game that he's actually been pulled for being like all of a sudden being sick mid-game uh, and I understand it's a lot of pressure in, in that and I definitely am cheering for the best for for all these players but at some point it, it feels like there's been enough of this, the Breland X ex, like uh, experiment to know that it's not working and I don't know what's going to change to make it work. But it's tough though, in that like, so Breland's a vet, he's been around a long time and he's long and strong, which of course you want your corner, like a defensive end almost, you want to be long and strong. And um, like, I think at this point, it's probably fair to say that Breland thinks the game like the football game itself, down to down, understands it at a better level than Cameron Dantzler. That's the only way I can make sense of him starting over Dantzler at this point. And then seeing Dantzler make that mistake. And again, it's not a physical issue. It's not like, oh, well, Dantzler runs like a 5-3-40 or something like that. Like, I know he's not blazing fast, but like physically he can do it, right? Even though he's not the fastest guy, he's not the most muscular guy, but he's really a, like, he's a pretty good corner, right? If he's dialed in but how to get him dialed in. And then, I mean, otherwise, if it's not Dancer, if it's not Boyd, maybe you got Harrison Hands. Uh, but again, he's a fifth rounder from a couple years ago. So boys of oh boys are in a tough spot. And honestly, I think the crazy thing is Breland may end up being the guy 
the rest of the way. And um, man, if I'm not, not, not that I think Matt Nagy is a good coach, but if I'm Matt Nagy, I'm finding ways to get my playmakers under Breland from start to finish and just see what, see what they can do. Right. Can, can he possibly stop us? Um, I don't know if Cole, if you come up with any creative solutions, but it's a problem out there. Yeah. I don't know if I have really any solutions. I, I think it might just be stuff like simplifying coverages. And I know the team did that last year when the secondary was really struggling uh, just kind of cover yeah. things and kind of led to that little win streak. But unfortunately that only gets you so far because uh, eventually you run into too many talented teams and stuff at this point. So even if we were somehow to run the table, um, playoff teams are going to figure that out. I can't imagine that Sean McVay in a few weeks or Aaron Rodgers in a few weeks wouldn't be able to take advantage. So even if you could find a temporary solution, I just, I just don't know if we have the talent on the back end to be able to make, you know, big time changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fair. It, uh, I, it, it is interesting just how this team, I feel like each time that there's a little bit of this, like um, ready to give up on the season, they, they do something where they, they do win. And I don't like, I don't know, <laughs> even if the fact that they won last night gives fans any more confidence, uh, like I, it is amazing to, that they, like, you could see that they actually have the ability to do what they did. And like, things looked so incredible in that first half last night. Like I was like, okay, this is, everyone knew that this was possible. Um, and to be fair, like the Steelers looked like garbage, um, and, and that, but like, I, I don't know, I, I guess I'm curious, like for, for the two, you just wrapping up this kind of portion before we look ahead, like, do you feel more encouraged or discouraged after a game last night? Go ahead, Cole, you t- t- take us away. No, no one wants to take that okay. one. Um, I don't know. Cause they had the the graphic where that was the first game that we uh we played Pierce, Tomlinson, Kendricks, and Barr all together. So I mean this is like probably as healthy as the team's been. Um so that was what was so encouraging about the first half. Um I don't know. I, I, I really don't know because it still ended up being the same game that we've seen all year. I mean, you know, it when we had that great punt at the end of the game, it's like, okay, we should be able to stop them. It was like, we did let the Panthers do this. <laughs> if the Panthers could do it, maybe the Steelers can. You just, you know, ultimately we stopped them this time, but just barely. I, I don't know. Like, if we made the playoffs, I, I just don't – I guess we could play with anybody – I just don't know if my heart could take it to see how that game's going to end. So I don't know. I, I, I really, I really don't know if I came out with any more answers uh, with this game than uh, I have with any other game this year, honestly. Absolutely. Oh. I think that was, that was um, the, the dumbfoundedness of this team, like what you expressed there, I think, echoes a lot of where uh, where people are at. Cal, what would you say? Yeah, I'm feeling mostly negative, but Cole is talking there. This is my one solution to circle back before we get to third down. Uh, my one so- potential 
solution is I wonder if putting Cameron Bynum in for Xavier Woods would help at all in the back end. Um, if we can't have a great change in terms of personnel, in terms of corner, perhaps Cameron Bynum gets fully healthy over these next kind of mini bye week, perhaps helps a little bit. That's my one solution. And in third down, we'll talk about the confidence meter, but that's my, that's the one idea there that kind of had in the moment. That might not be a horrible idea because Woods had that one where he, uh, he kind of bit up on the tight end. I mean, at that yeah. point, you're just trying to keep them out of the end zone and then they just hit right up the seam over top of them. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be upset with that. And that, that might be the one spot on the defense where you really could have a potential for improvement on the, you know, other than that, I feel like we're just going to have to live with what we got. Yeah. Well, yeah, let, let's transition here into third down with this confidence meter. And so the Vikings now, I guess they got 11 days off now after Thursday night football. Um, so they get a chance to get a little bit healthy and especially uh, Dalvin Cook, I think is the one person in particular you think about getting healthy. Uh, I know he, he had a monster game last night, but you know, he's still wearing that harness for his shoulder. Um, so they got some time to put in some extra prep. Uh, so next game on the road, Monday night football against the Bears. Uh, Cole, start with you. What's your confidence level going to the game? And, and we got a range of one to 10, but we're actually going to, instead of one to 10, we'll, uh, and, and Kyle, I've already blanked on how, like the, the, the pronunciation of these names, but, uh, Les Steckel is, is a one and, and 10 is Bud Grant. I got those right. Eh? Um, yes, so, so yeah, one confidence, confidence level one to 10, one Les Steckel. 10, Bud Grant, Cole, where are you at? Bonus points if you can name a coach <laughs> within that conference interval. Um, I'm feeling Mike Tice on this one. Mike Tice had a way of... Uh, wow, okay, nice. Yeah, he had a way of uh, playing up to competition and playing down to competition, which <laughs> ironically is like damn near every other coach in Vikings history. But I feel like that kind of – I think that's how I feel because we've always, always struggled at Soldier Field, regardless of how bad they are and, uh, and regardless of how good we are. So on paper, we should destroy them. But I just know how this goes. I mean, it, it happened in 09. We lost to them, you know. It, even when we beat them, it's just, it goes down to the wire and stuff. So I don't know if that's fair or not, but I always go into the Bears games at Soldier Field pretty unconfident. Um, I feel like this is one of the worst Bears teams I've seen in years, but I don't know. It, it just always works out this way. So Mike Tice level, I'm assuming is probably going to go down to the fourth quarter or something. And then we just got to pray that something like last night happens at the end, just in the fact that we win. <laughs> if we could avoid another game like last night, I'd be okay with it. But yeah, I don't know. It's a division game. I mean, as long as you escape with a win, I guess that's all that matters. It, that is all that matters. And and Cole, for for those Viking fans that maybe are, are new, what, what, what kind of numerical range would would uh does does mike tice uh garner there probably uh 
five, six. I mean, I mean, we he was. I I really like Tice, but uh, we just have these weird games where we just we'd be in 03, We destroyed the Chiefs, who were at at the time best team in the league, and then the very next week to clinch a playoff spot, we lost the three and twelve Cardinals. So take that for what it's worth. Okay. Kyle, <laughs> what about you? So, you know, I was thinking like five, six range in my mind. And when I think five, six range in my mind, I think of Brad Childress. Um, now, Childress, I don't think Mike Tice ever elevated to, you know, where Childress was, especially in that one year, 2009. Um, but when I think of just kind of like a, you know, kind of mostly ho-hum, not great, like not horrendous, not less Steckle, right? But man, he's not Bud Grant, I can tell you that. Uh, so I, I, I think of Brad Childress, and, but, but I'm basically assigning a similar numerical value to that um, as Cole. And, you know, essentially for the same reasons, right? Like uh, it's the Bears on the road. When has this team ever beaten the Bears on the, or I mean, beaten them easily? I guess there's, there are times when they've beaten them, but beaten them easily. And then look, we just almost gave away a 29 point lead in the second half. And we just talked about how really there's not much of a personnel answer in terms of your second corner, right? So there are clear weak spots on this defense. Um, I don't feel confident, right? Like I, I, the hope is that, that Thielen is back next week and that with Thielen, Jefferson, and Cook, I mean, give them all shoulder slings. Give them all shoulder – if they – you know, Cook plays like he did with the shoulder brace – Man, every single Viking could be going out with a shoulder brace. I don't care how healthy their shoulders are, um, you know, and see what the offense can do. But uh, I feel pretty confident it's going to be kind of a sloppy game and uh, pretty confident that Vikings fans shouldn't be confident in their own team. That's basically where I stand on it. Wow. Okay. So you guys are both in the in the similar range. Um, Sam, do you? Do you want to assign a numerical value? I don't know if you know the coaches, the coach history as well. Yeah. You're relatively new here to Vikings fandom, but do you want to put a number on this thing? Yeah. I was going to say, all I got is Mike Zimmer. And I don't, I, I was, that was going to be my follow-up <laughs> question to hear where, uh, where, where the two of you would put him. Um, I actually feel, I, I, I put it at an eight. I actually, like, I know that the two of you are, eight? are where you are. Wow. I, I, <laughs> I actually still truly believe that this team can make the playoffs. I actually would put them at 51% to make the playoffs. I, I feel like wow. they're going to do it. And I would love to see this team in the playoffs because of the fact that, and you guys have mentioned this, but in the negative, in the sense that this team has shown that they can play with anyone. Like people, I think it's fair to say that the Packers are a top three team in the league. And they beat them. Uh, Arizona, I think, is probably it's probably fair to put them in the top three too as well. And despite like if there wasn't a missed field goal, they beat them. Like for sure, it was early in the season. I understand that, um, but I um, I would not be surprised considering even just where things are at. And it's a little bit hard to tell with the standings just because of bye weeks. And now the Vikings have played a game before everyone else. Um, but once these bye weeks are are done and kind of the dust has settled. I actually think that this team still could do it. I'm not again 51%. So I'm I'm just taking just over 50. Um, but uh, 
I, I'm not as disappointed with how last night went as I think probably the two of you and, and probably most Vikings fans feel. And and that's probably just because I don't have the the PTSD that, that the two of you have. Yeah. Cole has been I mean, a fan longer than me. Yeah. 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 It's he, he's seen more. <laughs> yeah. And and then the fact that you know, lost the Lions last week, it's hard to just say eight for any game going forward. <laughs> But that's how you feel. That's how you feel. So, yeah. no, it's it's my truth. I uh, no, I I like again. <laughs> I uh, I to be fair, I said to Kyle before the Lions game, I didn't have a good feeling about it. I had a a good feeling about that Steelers game, and obviously, like I think I told Kyle in in private, I thought the game was going to be like thirty to ten, and I was feeling really really good about that for a while. Um, they they made it more fun, and I think they just did it as a favor to us because they recognized. That it was getting boring and there, there needed to be some life in that game um but i i still believe that this team could win um could go three and one moving forward and it, it means you it probably means that you got to beat the bears twice i think that's almost guarantee because you kind of yeah. look at it that you got to split those games against the rams um and against the packers but uh you know what i, I I, I think it's possible. So it's going to be fun to see, see where this team goes. Yeah. True enough. Uh, yeah. True enough. I guess we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, good. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up there. Cole, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Um, I'll, I'm not going to do much of a wild update today. Kyle or Cole, are you a, a hockey fan at all? Do you, do you follow hockey or are you just kind of Vikings? I'm mostly just Vikings for some reason. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I have enough disappointment in my life. Yeah. So if I were, if I were to follow <laughs> anybody, it'd be the other Minnesota sports team. So I know what's going on with them all from afar, but I'm not emotionally invested. No. So, that, and it's usually not much better for any of them. That's fair. No, you got to protect your heart with sports. <laughs> and I, I think the Vikings, it, it feels like a, uh, it's a full-time job to be a Vikings fan um and uh full-time full-time <laughs> in terms of your emotions um the, the wild have won eight straight and and they're looking good um but uh yeah i i think it's i think it's fair to say i, I would say that vikings fans the uh, the minnesota wild team has has been a little bit more consistent um they they've they've shown i think that they're the best minnesota sports team um but uh we, we still got a few. The Viking season is not over, so in, enjoy it. Um, Cole, before we wrap up, uh, where can listeners find you and, and your uh, the, the different things that you're doing? Yeah, you can find me on uh, uh, Twitter at SkullSmith, uh, exactly how it sounds. And you can also find me at the Vikings Gazette, uh, Zone Coverage, and Purple PTSD. Obviously, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus the past few weeks with everything going on personally, but I'll uh, be jumping back into it here pretty soon. And um, yeah, yeah. Just check me out there. So. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, with our thanks to purple pain forums and TPPN, have a great week, everybody.